When we hold on to grievance and pain from the past, we keep ourselves from being able to really move into our fullest expression of self. We need to practice forgiveness from the soul recovery perspective, dissipating the energy and releasing the past for good. If you're interested in this profound transformation, I invite you to join me in Colorado the weekend of June 8th and 9th to have an incredible experience with others on this same soul recovery journey. Two full days of immersion in the soul recovery process where you will indeed leave transformed. You will be able to truly let go of these old pains and step into a new way of being. Check out the show notes for a coupon code and how to register. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to Recovery Your Soul. Thank you very much for deciding to spend your time with me today. I know how valuable your time is, and I appreciate very much that you're choosing to be with me. Today's episode is going to be about amends. Officially, it's step eight and nine, making a list of those we had harmed and then going and making amends to them. Amends and the concept of amends in the 12-step program is very important for helping to relieve our mind of a lot of the pain that we feel from the past. When we come from it from an Al-Anon and a soul recovery perspective, it is a little bit different than it is if you were somebody who has an addiction. And I believe that for all of us, regardless of whether we have an addiction, whether we're working from an Al-Anon perspective, just anybody who is on a spiritual journey is really going to benefit from taking a look at these parts of our lives, the part where we take responsibility for the behaviors, the attitudes, the things that we may have said or done. And then when it is helpful to go and talk to those people to actually clean up our side of the street. I'm going to go ahead and start by reading step eight and nine out of the blue book for Al-Anon, which is how Al-Anon works for friends and family of alcoholics. And then I'll go from there. So step eight officially says, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
And then step nine is made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Now, I want to just remind you that these are from originally from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And again, this book was written back almost 100 years ago. And this is when alcoholism really was not thought of in the way that it is now. This was for what they called the hopeless alcoholic, the hopeless drunk. The people who just could not pull themselves up were completely overtaken by the drink and had lost complete hope. And through this spiritual program, they were having success. They were having success in learning how to turn their will and their lives over to the care of God, of their understanding, to their higher power, and be able to let go of something that they had absolutely no ability to stop previously. And this was huge. And by using the 12 steps, which had come from the work that came with this, that's based on the origination of this spiritual program from a lot of different things. And what I loved when I watched a video from Unity, which is the New Thought spiritual church that I've been going to for 21 years, it showed that there was also some part of the people that wrote the big book that were connected to early metaphysical Christianity. Because at that time, there was a lot of big shifts happening. And I believe that this also came from that major shift of thought that we have a connection to a higher power. In soul recovery, I am working from the 12 steps. I'm working from spiritual tools. I'm working from recovery tools. I'm working from Brene Brown, from Glennon Doyle, from Tony Robbins, from Eckhart Tolle, from everything and anything that I am wrapping and immersing myself in that has helped me along my journey. You know that I'm not an expert. I am an expert in my own recovery, and this is what I'm sharing with you. I have been profoundly changed. And so I'm going to be working on soul recovery steps that will kind of align a little bit with the 12 steps, but have their own take on it. And so this episode is also about that part of what some people have gotten really stuck in the traditional 12 steps about this people they have harmed and how to make an amend to them. What does an amend mean? So when I first did 12-step through recovery of alcoholism, I was in the rooms with people who had had a bunch of different experiences. And some of those people had really wrecked havoc, intense havoc in people's lives. They had stolen money. They had made divorces. They had not cared for their children. They had ruined jobs. They had lied excessively. They had really caused a lot of what we can look at out front as some very tangible, intense, real pain and suffering for people. And for those people to go through this process, to do the 12 steps and then come out of it where you can take responsibility for what was yours and be willing to go to somebody and say, I recognize that I hurt you in these ways, and I want you to know that I am deeply sorry. That seems really straightforward. And especially if you have someone in your life who has done that to you, 
you may be the one who's looking for an amend. You may be actually caught up in the place where you think to yourself, I didn't do anything wrong here. I was the victim here. I was the one that had hard things happen to me. Where is it that I'm supposed to come in and say, I could have hurt somebody and why should I make an amend? Well, as we say in soul recovery, the only place that we're turning is within. That if we're looking for that validation from the outside, if we're looking for someone that may have harmed us and been in relationship with us to have some magic light bulb that goes off over their head and makes them see in some miraculous way all the pain and suffering that happened inside of you, you're going to wait a long time. Because even if they have some concept of how they affected you, just like how you may not actually have a full concept of how you've affected other people, it is unlikely that they'll truly understand the depth of what is going on in your heart and in your mind. And that's why we keep all the attention on ourselves. That's why we do this work that is about us personally connecting with our higher power and taking responsibility for our own happiness, choosing happiness in our own life, choosing a happy, healthy life to live a spiritual life that doesn't need outside circumstances to fill us up. Okay. So now let's go back to these two steps. So if you've gone through the steps before, so step one is admitted we were powerless. Step two is to come to believe that a power greater than yourself can restore you to sanity. Step three is to turn your life over to your higher power. Step four is to take a personal moral inventory to look at all of your resentments. Step five is to talk to somebody and share that level of resentments with somebody and go ahead and tell your story. And in that, you start to recognize your part of it. So step six is to make a list of the aspects of yourself, your shortcomings, your character defects. Step seven is to ask your higher power to remove those character defects, to Be willing to let go of those parts of you that no longer are serving you. And then step eight generally reflects back to who you had your resentments with because our lives are so connected. We need to make some sort of connection, some sort of amend to the people who we've had all these intense relationships with that we are still carrying around a lot of hurt on. When we're looking at the people that we may have harmed, I want to go back and just touch again on the part where when we are not in our healthy place, when we are not taking responsibility for ourselves, what we are often doing is feeling like the world is not being fair to us, that our ego self wants it to be a certain way and feels like we aren't being given the good stuff. We're getting the short end of the stick. We're having to be the caretaker. We're the ones that are having to compromise. We're the ones who are having to not have everything that we need and everything that we want. Now, from a spiritual perspective, the world is out there trying to provide us with beauty and with compassion and with happiness and with joy If we are willing to open up and accept what is really in front of us, to not see the fantasy in our lives, 
but accepting the reality and the truth of the human beings in our lives and allowing the gifts that are in each of us, our unique gifts given to us by higher power, by source energy, to flow through us instead of thinking we need to be something or someone else other than who we are. When we have been in these relationships with people that have harmed us, that have hurt us, or people who we've been in relationships with that are trying to love us in a way that we can't love them back. We have been false in our thinking, believing that we don't have anything to do with it. And that's especially true if you've had someone in your life who has really caused a lot of very out there damage, like I was saying earlier, that you can really see it. And I think that what we don't see, what's harder to recognize, is aspects of ourselves where maybe we haven't been completely honest about our feelings. Maybe we haven't been true to giving ourselves fully to a relationship. Maybe we've used our being angry and using the silent treatment as a way to punish somebody. Maybe we've withheld sex or affection as a way to punish somebody for our hurt. There are these mild ways that we can be punishing somebody, causing them harm. Maybe it's in not truly communicating your real feelings. Maybe it's in hiding who you are. Those are subtle. They're more subtle than some of the outward destruction that can happen from someone who's been addicted to something. But they're equally as painful to the people in the relationships. Maybe you had parents where you didn't trust them. You didn't allow yourself to really let them be exactly who they were because you had different ideas of who you wanted them to be and what you needed from them. Now, the judgment is gone from this. This is not about saying, oh, I should have done it a certain way. It's not about that because if you've done the work along the way, what you're recognizing is, of course, this is how this has turned out. How else would somebody behave when there has been so much chaos, when there's been so much damage, when there's been so much hurt? These are why we build up the walls. These are why we put the armor on ourselves. This is why we check out. This is why we don't connect. And we're here to reconnect. We're here to reconnect with ourselves. We're here to reconnect with the people in our lives. We're here to connect with people who might still be out there using with a different mindset with a more open spiritual mindset that doesn't need to fix them that is allowing them to just be where they are so when we take a look at this part from my perspective from my soul recovery perspective what i want you to look at and to think about is purely from love as you can to try to let go of the hurt and the pain that somebody else caused you and start to recognize the part of yourself that has been shut down, that's been angry, that's been judgmental. And just observe it. Just recognize it and look at it. Not judging it, just seeing it. Because if we can see it, we can start to do something about it. And generally, if we've done the work on looking at our resentments, we have some clarity of what defense mechanisms that we used to protect ourselves in each of these situations. And again, 
Of course we used these to defend ourselves. Of course these were our defense mechanisms. This is called being human. This is the complexity of being human. But if we continue to use these defenses, if we continue to wear this armor, if we continue to be closed, not only in the relationships with people that we're trying to get close to, but out in the world, we will continue to not feel our true self. We'll continue to feel isolated. We'll continue to not feel the love that we would like to feel for ourselves and for others. So when you start to look at those behaviors, again, we're coming from as much gentleness and compassion that you can for yourself to look at a situation where you really felt like somebody hurt you. Maybe you had a sibling that was mean to you when you were a kid. Maybe you had a parent that didn't give you what you needed. Maybe you had a spouse who cheated or lied. Those are painful memories. Those are high emotion memories. And when you do work with me, we work on these things. When you come in and do soul recovery sessions with me, because when we can let go of these, when we can start doing this process of witnessing it without judgment, a kindness for all involved dissipates all of that pain and suffering. And so without the judgment on yourself and without the hurt that you are projecting back into the situation, can you see that maybe you didn't allow for something? Maybe if a sibling was mean to you, you recognize that you didn't provide a sibling relationship with them. You you lost trust in them. And so for the rest of your relationship, you've cut them off in that trust, even if they've changed. Maybe with a parent that you've not allowed yourself to let them be just who they are. Maybe with a spouse that you cut off any opening for forgiveness or compassion or understanding or making things better because of the pain and hurt that you felt. So just recognizing that. And then when you move into an amend, the way that I see amends comes similarly from 12-step, which is it's not about going to somebody and saying, here's where I hurt you, and you're hoping that they come back and say, oh, thank you for saying you're sorry. I want to tell you I'm sorry as well for XXXXX. That doesn't help us do what this work is about. I hope that they will give you that amend. I hope that through opening your heart and having safe vulnerability, that it allows them to do the same. But it's about not going in with that expectation. And it's also not about forgiving somebody, allowing forgiveness. Yes, it's not about allowing somebody to have treated you poorly and saying that that was okay. That's not what it's about either. As we know, forgiveness, which amends have to do with forgiveness as well, is a way for you to heal yourself from the strong emotion, the painful emotion, 
this trauma that gets stuck in our bodies and causes us continued emotional pain to dissipate and begin to relax and let go of all of this stuff that's inside of us that is our trigger points that continues to hurt us. When you can see what these aspects are, when you can see where you maybe had been shut down or you had been resentful or you had been angry or you had been not being honest about how you felt or those kinds of aspects, those simple ones, those ones that are really elusive. They're not easy as saying somebody stole something from you or that you stole something from somebody. And I'll give you an example in my own life. So for my husband, when I went to make the amend for him, I had had so much anger for so many years around how he and Alex related to each other, he and my older son, and that I had seen it a certain way. I had spent a lot of time seeing it a very specific way and did not do a great job of seeing it any other way. And once I could see it the other way, it was amazing how I was like, oh, it was this hair the whole time. I wasn't seeing it that way. So I hadn't done anything huge and horrible and mean. And it had been this undercutting. It had been this underlying, not valuing what he was doing, undercutting what he was being as a father. So the tool that I had used to control him, right? So recover your souls about letting go of control of other people. The tool that I had used that I knew that would make him do something different out of control was that I would threaten to leave. And I had left once and that had been really painful for him. That experience of my leaving and actually saying I want a divorce and the time that that was of me away from the house and then getting back together was very, very, very painful and incredibly hurtful to him. He was in it forever. He thought that a marriage meant that regardless of what happened, that we just kept trucking and worked it out. And I had not felt that way. So after we had gotten back together and things were still hard and not all going all that great with him in his relationship with Alex, when I would get upset, I would threaten to leave. That was my tool. That was my dagger that I used on the battlefield. That was how I knew I could hurt him and control him. So when I did this work, what I realized is that I wasn't being completely present with him. I wasn't being as in in the relationship, especially since I could always use this tool of saying, if you continue to act this way, I'm just going to leave. So he was constantly afraid that I was going to pull the rug out from under him. And that didn't give him any stability to feel like he could work it out. You know, he was always afraid. So after we were sober, this was two years ago, just over two years ago, maybe three years ago, we were on a vacation together and I realized I had been doing a living amend with him, which meant that I was showing up in a very different way, but I hadn't verbally said to him, I want to let you know that I'm sorry for using the I'm going to leave you card as a weapon in our relationship, in our marriage. And when I did that, that was really powerful. 
that allowed him to let go of that pain, recognize that I was seeing what I had done, that I was taking responsibility for that part of me. Now, if I'm not coming from a soul recovery place and I'm coming from my unhealthy place, I would want him to also say how sorry he was for how he treated our son and how he was in the relationship and all the things that happened. And that's not how that goes. And that wasn't what it was about. What it was about was me, what we say, cleaning up my side of the street. And when you open up like that to somebody, you can also say, is there anything else that that I may not know, that I may not be aware of, that I may have done that was hurtful to you? Now, hearing people say things to you that you did to them that you may not even have known or understood that was hurtful to them is not easy. It is really, really difficult to take yourself out of it, to come from that centered higher power place, that place of not bringing in all the emotion and trying to look at a human being who has feelings and accept the facts, accept their perspective, and their perspective could be totally different than your perspective, and just listen and hear what they have to say. And then with genuine awareness, say, I am deeply sorry that you felt that way. Because most of us really do feel deeply sorry for hurting somebody. But we have all these other things. We've got all these other reasons and validations to why we did what we did. What if we're just quiet? What if we just listen? What if we come with simplicity and say, I want to let you know that I'm aware that these behaviors that I had, or maybe these things that I said, or these things that I didn't say, were hurtful to you, and I want to let you know I'm sorry. And then let them have their part. And it may not go the way that you would like it to go. They may not end up receiving it the way that you want to receive it. But again, this isn't about them being what you want. This is about you cleaning up, clearing up, releasing, letting go of the parts of you that you have shame over, that you have pain over. Now, the beauty when you do this, when you go around, when it is safe, it says in step nine, when it won't injure them or others, you certainly don't go bring up stuff to people who it actually wouldn't be safe for them to have that brought up again or to tell somebody about something that maybe they don't know about that is not helpful to them. There's a lot of other things that go around it, but let's just say in our basic situations, when you really open that up for yourself and you free those, I call them black beetles, those emotional black beetles that are living in our soul and you let them free, you can truly be free. You can really come from a place where you have said your truth and you have made peace and you get to let it go. If you decide to play the tape again and get caught up in those feelings again, revisit it, go back through the having the conversation with them. Their reaction is their responsibility. Their response is their responsibility. Our coming from our integrity, 
our coming from our heart, our coming from our vulnerable self, that is our responsibility. And we remind ourselves that we did this with intention, with positive, higher power intention. And again, it releases, slowly dissipating, slowly letting go. It's incredibly powerful. And relationships can be vastly changed, and some relationships won't change. But when you've done your part, when you've made your amend, when you are also living in amend of allowing people to be themselves, letting go of control of other people's lives, other people's reactions, a freedom will come to you. A profound freedom will come to you. And working through the soul recovery process, the 12-step spiritual awakening process, is flipping a switch in your life that allows you to be okay when others aren't okay. It allows you to take responsibility for what's yours and not be responsible for everyone else. It allows you to find peace and happiness within yourself because you are beautiful and amazing just the way you are. And each of these experiences that you've happened to go through in your life are part of how you become the person that you are today. And there's always room for improvement. There's always room to grow and expand. We are unlimited in our potential. I believe that we were each given gifts to live this life and be a manifestation of higher power living on this planet. But we have a choice whether we're going to see it as painful or we're going to see it as a gift. And these amends are powerful tools to use in this process. I'm here to walk through it with you. That's what spiritual coaching is, is being a support to you in your individual process. I guarantee that if you are ready for change, the things that you feel like you couldn't let go of can be let go of and you can be set free too. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect. And there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. 
If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.